we can cultivate our ability to see the abundance. And then it can become a habit. It can become part of, part of our mindset. This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. I'm your host, Natalie Owens-Pike, Yale Divinity School Class of 2023. And in this episode, we have Jennifer Hurt, Gilbert L. Stark Professor of Christian Ethics at Yale Divinity School, and Jerry Wells, Director of the Educational Leadership and Ministry Program at Yale Divinity School. Together, they're discussing Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21, which is appointed for the 10th Sunday after Pentecost in year A. Let's take a listen. Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. You know, Jennifer, when, the, when we encounter a text like this in the lectionary, I'm always intrigued about how it's kind of pulled out of a box with a lot of things attached to it, but there's a lot still left in the box. And this particular passage from Matthew you know, has all kinds of references that we need to make sure we understand. It begins with, when Jesus heard of this, he departed. That This is kind of important, actually. Uh, he's just heard of the death of John the Baptist. And so when he departs uh, by ship to go to a place apart, we have to imagine that there's an extraordinary emotional context here. He's gotten some incredibly bad news, not just about John the Baptist, but also what it pretends for him. The vice is tightening, and he knows it. So this is no minor thing. So he's going to go away for some some solitude and some prayer and some reflection, some grieving, I'm sure, and this crowd follows him. So I think we have to read Matthew here with this kind of emotional framing to it, that what's about to happen is even more profound because of his emotional state. Yeah, I I mean, I think that's so helpful for this passage because here's Jesus mourning in a state of shock, and yet when the crowd follows him, how does he respond? Doesn't want to send them away. And I mean, for me, this is really the heart of this uh, of this passage of this story that 
Jesus is not just some wonder worker who's trying to figure out, okay, what miracle can I do next to get these people excited? No, this is about meeting people's deepest needs, you know, most basic needs, but but also their their deepest needs. And I mean, you've pointed to the immediate context for the feeding of the 5,000 in the book of Matthew. But I think it's also helpful to think about this as the one miracle story that's in all four Gospels. And of course, it has a different context in, in each of those Gospels. And it's it's one of the most beloved stories, I, you know, I think in part because often the one version that we remember the most is the one with a little boy who's the one who gets to to pull out the the, the fish and the loaves and Certainly, I remember identifying with the story as a child and feeling, oh, so empowered by this uh, capacity to make a difference, even even as a child. But I, I think also of this story within the context of, of John's gospel, where it's emphatically underscored that this is this has Eucharistic significance. This is Jesus, the bread of life. He's not just passing out loaves and fishes that will feed the body, but he himself is the the ultimate wonder here, the ultimate source of sustenance for these people. You wonder what that, that hunger is when people are following him. It is a yearning. They're not hungry in the physical sense yet, right? Because that happens at the end of the day after he has spoken with them. So the initial thing is not just physical hunger, but there's a profound spiritual yearning that he addresses but they also come with their illnesses i mean he before mealtime he's going to heal some people and and address the whole array of things that people are craving this is a population that is disadvantaged in so many ways and he is seeing them for who they are that's one of the great profound things to me in these passages about jesus with crowds is that he is seeing people who are used to being overlooked and so sensing that their hunger must be addressed now and not just after sending them back into the villages, uh, addresses that, you know, that empathy, that com- that capacity to recognize that in this moment, they need something now and, and not later. They need to be seen for who they are. And he knows intuitively. Now, what do you, what do you do with the, the loaves and the fishes? I mean, what do, what do you think, this multiplication, what should we be taking away from that? Well, there, <laughs> there are so many elements in these uh, various versions of the feeding of the multitude stories. Uh, one of the things I'm most attracted to is the notion of the leftovers. So out of the loaves and the two fishes, you know, we have enough to feed these thousands. And then at the end, there's a lot more. So part of what I take from it is that this is not just a story of abundance, but it's a story of superabundance, that that there is a grace upon grace upon grace uh, in this whole thing. And I sometimes wonder, well, and what did we do with all those remaining 12 baskets? You know, did we put them onto donkeys and take them back into town and find the people who hadn't come out and feed them? So these stories lead that question open of, you know, how do we continue the story? Didn't just end there. There are these 12 baskets of food lying around. Well, what happens next with that? I'm sure Jewish hearers of this story would have been thinking of the manna in the wilderness. That's right. As well, right? Yeah. And could, could you put it in baskets and, and keep it? Or what, what sort of bread was this? That's right. And one of the tensions that we get in some of these stories that have such profound kind of social justice elements to them, I mean, it's good to feed hungry people. And I'll talk in just a minute about some of how this particular 
story applies to community development work and, and, and justice work and service work. But we have to start with the fact that this isn't just, you know, everybody looked in their pockets and said, oh, well, I happen to have some things after all. That's that's certainly a, a valid interpretation, but it does go beyond that. There is something that miraculous happens here. And we have to, you know, live in that space of out of almost nothing, Jesus has produced superabundance. And, and this is the Son of God at work. So what does, you, you said you wanted to come back to the social justice dimension here. What, where are you going with this? When we talk about how we serve those in need, there are kind of two paradigms that come into play, one of which is the notion of what do they already have. And so the distinction that we make between kind of a deficit-based system where we think about what they don't have and rely upon ourselves to bring it to them. More and more, though, we're talking about what's commonly called ABCD, asset-based community development, where we assume that already within the community are the vast majority of resources that we need to make good happen and that we don't need to just wing it in. So I think that that's part of the story, um, is that we, we learn to live in this notion that we don't just bring things to people that we're working in partnership with them. And the other is just the basic distinction between scarcity thinking and abundance thinking. That Those are whole mindsets. We can look at problems that with, gosh, how can we ever address this? There's just not enough versus we've got plenty to work with. Um, God will provide and we will provide and together we can make some great things happen. So these stories of the feeding of the thousands inspire that kind of uh, abundant thinking that drives a lot of really good social work. I think what's so helpful about that is that sometimes we can think, well, that's just a basic sort of personality orientation. You you know, you either have an abundance mindset or you don't, and you're kind of stuck with that. But if we can connect it to something like asset-based community development, we can cultivate our ability to see the abundance. And then it can become a habit. It can become part of part of our mindset. That's right. I love this story because it ends with people being happy. Not all of the stories that we get out of the Gospels in that way. This has a happy ending. Thank you for listening. And thank you to our professors for your insights on this scripture. The transcript of this audio and lots more Bible study resources are available at YaleBibleStudy.org. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School and is produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aidan Stoddart, executive producer Helena Martin, and me, your host, Natalie Owens-Pike. Mixing on today's episode and our theme music are by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.